Hi, it's Carrie Ann from Lofty. Today, we're on location down in Savannah, Georgia. Our guest is Leslie Francis of Leslie Francis PR. We'll be talking about how to set a foundation for your business, creating a disciplined plan, and how to find balance and give back to yourself. Thank you again for being my guest today. My guest, pleasure. Guest number three, here we go. Um, so um, we're down in Savannah, which I should mention right at the beginning. And for me, this is special to be able to come and do my first on location mm -hmm. um, of this series. And uh, we met a year ago when I was down here with the Savannah Voice Festival and sort of returning to um, a gig that I had long ago and met you, um, Leslie, running an amazing um, small business uh, in really leading PR down here in Savannah and bringing your skill set that, um, you know, like me, we've had in common with sort of that corporate, big corporate experience and mm -hmm. then transitioning that into the small business world to, mm -hmm. to help other small business owners really benefit from that expertise. Absolutely. Well, yeah. thank you for asking me. I'm yeah. delighted to be doing this with you. Yes, great. I know. And the other thing I think that's really fun is in your role, you're typically helping clients, you know, get in front of the camera, coaching them on what they should be saying mm -hmm. and sort of their presence. Mm -hmm. And so I love the idea of bringing a guest that's usually sort of behind the scenes out in front of the camera. Normally it is. <laughs> if I'm in front of the camera, I'm not doing my job well because my client needs to be in front of the camera. But I will make an exception for you today. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Pleasure. I I love it. Um, so I want to just jump in with some of the questions that I asked you. So sure. the first one, which I, I love this because I think so many of the people that will listen to this or view this will be people that are either sort of just starting out, thinking about starting out, um, might even be in business a few years, but are you know interested in learning from others and especially women, you know, who have been doing this and sort of pioneering in uh, yeah. the world that we're in. Mm -hmm. And so you know, as you think back about getting started with your business mm -hmm. um, and a, maybe a really great piece of advice that you've mm -hmm. received that sort of stuck with you. What sure. is that? Well, for me, and like you, I was in the corporate world in London. I really had three careers because I started off in the corporate world working for the big advertising and marketing agencies. And then I set up on my own in London, small business, the other side of the pond. And I was lucky enough to sell that in 2007 before the economic downturn and I came over here and done it again this side of the Atlantic so over all my years I've really learned a lot but there is one thing uh, the piece of advice that I was given when I was starting out and every year that goes by I see the truth in it more is don't expect an overnight success because every overnight success that you hear about has had years and years of hard work uh, and dedication going into it. Uh, you might have just heard of somebody or they're on your radar. Think of a pop star. I mean, there's always the exception, but normally they've spent many, many years slogging away, trying to get a contract, trying to get a recording. And in the business world, it's not so very different. Mm -hmm. um, and I've always been rather suspicious and wary of anything that seemed too good, too fast, and too good paying, mm -hmm. because normally it wasn't good long-term ethical business. So it's building firm foundations, being patient, have mm. more reserves than you think you're going to need. It's great to always have reserves. Mm -hmm. Hope for the best, plan for the worst. Because even if you have a, a, a good client base and you're invoicing cash flow, 
is vital, cash flow is king. Yeah. So always uh, build solid foundations and just work hard and get up every day and just know that this is not a sprint, but it's a marathon. But it's very worthwhile when you complete it or you get comfortable and you hit your stride, I should say. Yeah, that's great. I mean, that's great. And that resonates with me a lot because I know, you know, I sort of found myself in a situation where all of a sudden I was out of a job and thought, okay, I've always wanted to work for myself. Mm -hmm. Why not? Let's just jump in and try it. Mm -hmm. um, yes, I have some savings, not as much as I would have liked. Uh, yes, I have retirement accounts. I hope I don't have to tap into those. And, you know, the thing that I've learned that's been very humbling is even though up front I had some initial success when you talk about the foundation and the cash flow mm -hmm. that's something I really had to learn and adjust mm -hmm. to right because mm -hmm. when you come from the world of stability financially with a job uh, mm -hmm. where someone else is paying you mm -hmm. and you get that paycheck every two weeks exactly you you're, you build your life around that absolutely and then yeah exactly. it changes it does and it isn't just what's coming in it's overheads and think about uh, from very early on absolutely don't expect to pull a great salary out of your business in, in year one. And yeah, you might have to think about, do I really need to buy that coffee or shall I just make make it in the office or make it at home? But further down, do you need that fancy office? Do you really need that extra assistant? Could you have them on a 1099 or part-time basis? Mm -hmm. Because that's what will eat your profits and that is something that you really have to plan for. Um, so. I also feel very strongly that when I bring somebody into my business, when I'm offering them a career, when they are ready to commit to me and my brand and my vision and my clients, uh, that I want to be able to reward them appropriately. So I don't want to be stretched too thin so that I can't give them the uh, rewards that they deserve as they grow and prosper with me. Yeah, that's another really good point because I think it's easy as you get into it and you start to see some cash flow coming in you might even for me it's like I sort of have my checklist of where I want that to go mm -hmm. but it's also very easy to think okay I, I could just do that now or maybe I ought to just try to bring that person mm -hmm. on and um, being able to take a step back and sort of say okay even though maybe I'm very excited about this initial mm -hmm. success I'm seeing I need to go back to sort of that foundational plan and make sure that my business can actually afford this absolutely and in the long term because you know you can still bring people on on short-term contracts part-time contracts 1099 contracts you know there are other ways of employing now you know and there are a lot of people out there working mothers uh, people that are perhaps retired from a big corporate job but they still want to use their their brain maybe they don't want to work 80 hours a week but they might want to work 20 to 30 and they're very talented you know there are people like that people who are doing a master's degree but perhaps have some time to work in a specialism like website design or writing mm -hmm. you know there are people like that so you don't have to do everything yourself and you can grow but that's very different to taking on somebody on a full-time salary there's going to be the question about benefits and you know those yeah. then you are taking responsibility for other people right. and other people's lives and income right. and I always take that really seriously so building those solid foundations step by step not going too fast too soon but balancing that with bringing in the resources you need because there are times okay yes I really do need a new laptop because I'm bringing on this assistant it that would be short 
short-termism and that's not a monthly charge that's okay that's a capital expenditure yes I have that in my cash flow that makes sense mm -hmm. but that might be a better investment than putting a full-time um, assistant on when perhaps you only needed somebody part-time or an intern and a freelancer so it's just looking at that and making sure that you can cover your overheads and there's a little bit in reserve that and what I'm hearing too is that maybe taking the time to think about you know, what are the potential options to solve this problem? So I have a need or, um, you know, there, there's opportunity now. And before I just sort of, you know, pull the trigger on kind of maybe the initial mm -hmm. gut reaction, mm -hmm. stopping and asking yourself, are there other ways I could solve that? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, perhaps not signing an office lease, perhaps using a hot desking or, you know, is there another professional or a company in your town where perhaps you could pay them a small amount to just use their meeting room and have a hot desk once in a while. There were all sorts of creative solutions and for me it was very humbling when I came back when I came to the US having had a big staff of 20 people in London and I sold that and I left and then when I came over here and it was just me and I was doing everything. I mean I was getting the mail, I was delivering posters, I was doing everything. I was buying the coffee for the office and it's not yeah. that I'm above that but it's right. actually quite humbling because it brings you back to what's what you need to make that business successful. Um, but you know really it's solid foundations and always always being ethical. Don't be short term. Um, some money and some clients aren't worth having. You yeah. know, and if your gut tells you it's not right and it doesn't smell good, it probably doesn't. Right. So reputation is all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a really, really good point. Thank you. Yeah. So, okay, that kind of leads me to the next question. You know, when you were starting out and sort of as you mentioned, you've sort of done this twice. Mm -hmm. um, how did you find clients? How did that work? And, and were there different strategies that you used? Did mm -hmm. you make things up? <laughs> no, it's, it's, that's the million dollar question. Um, and you know, I've obviously thought about this a lot and, and thinking about our discussion today. And really, I have always put out good karma because I believe it will come back to you. And what does that mean? Well, that sounds very zen, but work hard, but get involved, volunteer, join boards, volunteer to handle, I mean my field is publicity, so volunteer uh, to help worthy nonprofits or cultural organizations to raise their profile because you know what, you'll get noticed and wow, she really knows what she's doing. Mm -hmm. um, and then you're asked to do it uh, for businesses, you're asked to do it on a paid basis. Mm -hmm. So that is something, particularly second time around, um, I think in today's culture, that's even more important than it was back when I did this the first time in the UK. Obviously you do all the classic marketing, you join the uh, suitable organizations, the chamber, you network, you make sure that you are seen at the right um, events, you have a professional business card, you have a professional uh, image, your website is clear, professional, effective. Any social media presence, LinkedIn presence is appropriate. So obviously you have to do the basics. Um, but then it's always still about people and connecting mm -hmm. with people. And for me, I have found just by
by by volunteering and putting out good. I've been in Rotary. Uh, I've served on the boards of many nonprofits. Um, you actually meet people who then will want to give you business. I mean, that sounds simplistic, but that's something that uh, that I have found over the years to to really pay dividends and and get to know people because at the end of today, particularly in today's society, I mean, it's quite impersonal in many ways. You know, mm -hmm. we're all behind screens and it's on smartphones that human connection like we're doing today sitting yeah. and talking to each other that can be worth thousands of emails just in terms of the connection and the same is true with clients and potential clients I offer to just let's meet let's spend an hour together tell me about your business I'll tell you about what services we offer and you know maybe there's something we can do together uh, and sometimes I mean I've signed clients that I first met and discussed working with three, four, five years ago, but then there comes a time when they're ready or you now have the services that they want. Yeah. Um, so invest that time and be proud of your business and your abilities. You are the best ambassador for your business and what you can offer. Yeah, that's, that's great. And also, you know, this piece you just said at the end about some of those clients that you would meet in that time when you're sort of drumming up the business mm -hmm. might not actually become a client for many years. Exactly. And I mean, I know that's something for me that I've been sort of questioning, right? I've been out hustling and networking, and yeah. then there's times where I just will feel a little discouraged mm -hmm. thinking, okay, I don't understand. I just had all those meetings. They seemed very interested. They even asked for a proposal. They said, yeah. the pricing looks right. Yeah. And now we're just sort of following the lead, following the lead. Mm -hmm. And I had uh, another kind of colleague say to me, you know, maybe those are gonna be the clients two years from now. Yes, very much you know? so. I always joke that clients are a little bit like buses. You don't get any for a long time, then three come along at once. <laughs> and, and it's a little bit like that. Yeah. Um, I've always found that. Um, but again, some of those clients may be people that I spoke to originally months or even years ago because, or you may not get anything with that client because something changes in their business or they move on or they have to wait for a new financial year. But in the meantime, they recommend you to their neighbor, the person they play tennis with, and you get a referral then. So it's very, it can be disheartening, mm -hmm. but you just have to keep plugging away. It's a numbers game. Obviously, don't waste your time on, on ludicrous uh, <laughs> opportunities, <laughs> but anything that seems like a reasonable business opportunity, it's always worth putting your best foot forward and, and yeah. showing what you can do. Uh, but we've all felt that. We've all felt what? Why? I'm doing this, I'm getting all this positive feedback. Why are you not signing contracts? Which brings me back to the solid foundations and not overstretching. Mm -hmm. um, because there will be, especially in the early years, what I call feast or famine. Yeah. And it's very hard to balance, especially if there's only you or you and a part-timer or whatever it might be, um, to have enough resource to deal with those times of feast, but then to be able to survive comfortably through the, the famine. Right. Um, and you know, it's the, it's the balancing act, and that's where many businesses go under, mm -hmm. um, because they just somehow, that, uh, that ratio just doesn't quite work out. But again, be patient and keep doing it. And also, don't take it personally. Yeah. That's the other thing. I think as women in business, we tend to say, is it me? What right. have I done wrong? Right. Why am I not good enough? It's not usually about you at all. It's usually because they don't have the budget or it's not a priority or their boss has said that. Or frankly, 
they don't see it as urgent and something comes up and they have to deal with some urgent business thing, someone leaves or they have a new contract and the branding, the marketing, which is the field you and I are both in, the PR, all that can wait. Yeah. So sometimes it's just nothing that you can control. But keep in touch, but don't stalk. That's the other thing. There's that balance between keeping in touch with them, dropping them an e-newsletter, sending a Christmas card or an e-card. You know, just mm -hmm. a, a, there are certain things you can do to keep in touch go to the networking events and say hi but don't immediately go did you get my proposal right you know, hi how are you how's business how's your wife daughter dog right you know, just be patient and sometimes i have closed a technically closed advice well, that's never going to come to anything and I put it in my dead pictures and then suddenly I'll get a, a call or an email three months later I'm like, well I never saw that coming so right. it's yeah and that's sort of the karma piece too I think that you were mentioning right yes, it's sort very of much you're putting it out there you're putting out that good intention mm -hmm. and you're making that human connection with them mm -hmm. and that when the time is right mm -hmm. it will come back either from that person or through somebody that they've you know they had such a good experience with mm -hmm. you they think oh I know just the person that might be able to help exactly and it's not right for them at that time or it's not in their budget or whatever or their boss says no because their boss wants to spend it on TV advertising or something and yeah but it does if you just put good quality ethical business practice out in the world I really believe that ultimately it does come back yeah I love that and that gives me hope <laughs> <laughs> well you know the second year is often the hardest I think um, yeah because the first year it's enthusiastic you often get your what I call the low-hanging fruit mm -hmm. your contacts the people you might have known um, from your corporate life not poaching but just that you've met right or the people who are like, oh wow I could really use that service mm -hmm. but it's that second wave that sometimes can be a little bit harder to just uh, solidify yeah, that's that. I've heard that this year. That I was. It was called. Oh, Carrie Ann, you're in the valley of death, <laughs> and that that was you know literally yeah. where I was in year two. Mm -hmm. But you know, if you can hang out, yes, and you can again, kind of go back to you said the foundation. Yes. You know, continue to mm -hmm. work on the networking, mm -hmm. making it to year three mm -hmm. really can be where then things can start to turn. That's right. And you know, the other thing to do during that period as well is if you're not necessarily really busy with a, a paid client um, project is to say, okay, well, maybe I'll go volunteer on this board. Mm -hmm. That's how I might meet. Or I'm going to make a point of networking. Or I'm mm -hmm. going to go to that seminar. And I don't mean spending a fortune on, you know, let's do these great $1,000 training courses. I'm talking about going to a chamber networking event for a few dollars or right. you know, this sort of thing. Um, and that's something that use your time productively look at your website it's a way to update it it's a way to get mm -hmm. testimonials on there look at doing some e-marketing look at your social media profile use that time to take care of some of your own image and branding right um, that you will then encourage clients to come to you yeah I think that's that's really smart I mean to use that time for your advantage and you know kind of with that in mind, what's changed for you over the years since you started? Well, I've been in this some time, um, <laughs> three decades. It's amazing. I know. I, I, that, that makes me really inspired. Oh, well, it makes me feel ancient. But <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I was straight out of college into this and I, yeah, I've been doing this for three decades. So I still love it though. I still get excited um, when I get out of bed in the morning, but 
I think for me, there have certainly been huge changes in that time, mm -hmm. particularly in terms of technology and how we communicate. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm so old that we used to do fax machines <laughs> and we used to rely on the Royal Mail as it was in England or the, you know, the USPS here. Um, and now it's all email and it's instant and we all have smartphones and that's great. But you know, those are only tools. Mm -hmm. The thing that hasn't changed is that personal connection. Mm -hmm. How can my business solve a problem, tackle an issue, or make your business or brand or service perform better? That hasn't changed. That was the same in 1990 as it is in 2018, and I'm sure beyond. Yeah. Um, and just really making it real and having that connection. Right. So yes, use the tools of go to meeting, obviously online, of course emails, but still sometimes as well I say to my staff, you know, email's great, but just pick up the phone mm -hmm. or take the time to have a coffee. But mm -hmm. even if you're in different states or contents, you can still pick up the phone. Right. You can still have a conversation mm -hmm. because there is so much more, like we're talking now, there's so much more than you communicate by having that conversation mm -hmm. than you do with just having an online dialogue. Um, so ultimately, it's that people and people's needs and businesses services promoting those but having that connection understanding your client and what they need has never changed in all these years yeah and I think you know the other thing that's really special about that piece of advice um, that I'm sure you see even above and beyond being in PR and helping mm -hmm. people you know propel forward their story mm -hmm. and I know I see that from the brand strategy side is that it really is the human piece that is constant so yes it's important in any business to stay up especially as you think about putting yourself out there mm -hmm. um, you know with technology with the platforms that make sense for you not only from a marketing perspective or within your industry mm -hmm. but that the reality is you know that that human connection mm -hmm. is the thing that will never change. Absolutely, and that brings me back to network, get to know people, and also remember, I mean, I'm doing a lot of talking today, which is unusual, but <laughs> you know, it's one of these and two of these. Listen, you know, right. listen to what your client needs because they are the experts um, in their field, in their profession, in their business. Sure, we're the experts in public relations, in branding and marketing, um, but they understand their businesses and the issues, the challenges, the opportunities. So listen to that. And it's very interesting what you said, being in public relations. So obviously newsprint is struggling. It's not what it was. Right. Um, but we read a lot of our news um, online or, or we download a broadcast. Um, but if you look at news stories or if you look at business stories, there's always something in there that makes us read or listen, and that's the human element. So even if it talks about something happening with a huge multinational, they will quote the CEO. They will ideally quote a customer or somebody that's been affected by whatever they're announcing, whether that's a good news or a bad news. So we may be reading it in our computer age on a, on a screen, but the story is still in there. We're still quoting people. We're still mm -hmm. talking about how the business has affected people's lives. That hasn't changed, and I don't think it will. Yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, that's powerful, you know, to keep that in mind. Mm -hmm. And always remember that. Mm -hmm. You know, because it is still personal, even though we're in a many ways a depersonalized world. Right. Uh, and those are great. Those are great tools, but they're not the master. Yeah. The, the tools are different, but the fundamentals of what we're trying to achieve are the same.
Right. Yeah. Okay, I love that. So then I always like to ask, this is my favorite questions, is okay. what is your superpower? <laughs> Tell us. Okay, my secret. Um, I am ridiculously organized, a list maker, and frankly, a bit of a control freak. <laughs> Type A is what There I'm you hearing. go. <laughs> <laughs> if we had to categorize. You can categorize yeah. <laughs> me that way. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's really just the way I've always rolled. Um, mm -hmm. And when, you know, whether that list is on a bit of paper or, or on my iPhone, you know, it's still the same. Um, just, just to be organized and every day I plan my day out, the calls I need to make. Of course, things will change. You know, mm -hmm. meetings will take longer. You'll get stuck in traffic. Someone will run late, whatever. But you can still have a plan. Right. Um, I also, try to do something off the not urgent but important list every day because we all have you know there's the quadrant of what's urgent and important mm -hmm. what's important but not urgent what's urgent but not important and what's not important and not urgent have you heard of that the quadrants so yeah, okay. um, I always obviously we're all really focused on that urgent and important list and then there's things we might need to do mm -hmm. um, like well, I suppose it is important but really we want to pay our, our electricity you know bill on time because otherwise we'll get fired but we're not going to get cut off but then there are things that are strategic there are mm -hmm. things like the networking or just thinking about your business plan and I'm not saying you sit down one afternoon and do all of it but every day try and do something that's important to your business even mm -hmm. if it's just having a thought sending one email out to an old contact posting something on LinkedIn writing a blog about an issue you're passionate about arranging to have coffee with an important contact it may not be urgent because you might not be needing that person that story that contact then but do something that will build your business every day try to do that and if I don't I make a point of doing two things the next day uh, and it can be something as simple as a quick phone call or a quick email yeah well, I think that's great, and I think that kind of goes back to even the first thing you were saying, you know, building the foundation. It's about not only the plan, but the habits that you put in place, right? Very much so, and, and it, the disciplines. Right, the disciplines. And it seems, you know, and I know, you know, there's lots of different types of, um, you know, I, I'm kind of fit in the in-between. I'm kind of part type A, part that creative, abstract, random brain will come in, and mm -hmm. those can serve you well, but, um, you know, I think, it, that's where I find it fascinating to learn from other business owners and learning about you know what's authentically you and how have you owned that to mm -hmm. really make your business successful mm -hmm. and what can I see in you know someone like you where okay I'm not, maybe not going to ever be you know quite as organized as much as maybe I would I would like to be but I can see okay these things are the the habits and the patterns that Leslie puts in place and that has brought her success you know over decades of having a business which you know frankly that's I mean that's what like I said it, it does it inspires me quite a bit because it's it's so exciting to get moved from working for the CEO to becoming the CEO but it's an entirely new learning curve mm -hmm. right so I, I love that idea of sort of that laying the foundation you know finding the habits that are going to work for you being disciplined about mm -hmm. you know and even like you said giving yourself a little leeway so if it's a day that's really busy and you need to take that time for you mm -hmm. at the end of the day to know that's all right. Tomorrow's a new day. Mm -hmm. I'm going to commit the time to mm -hmm. do you know two small things yes. tomorrow. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And I think as well, if I may say, as a woman, and because I started out 30 years ago, it was harder then. There was more of a glass ceiling. Yes. Um, and I would say to, and I'm proud to have been able to run my own companies and to employ and mentor other women. I think women are really hard on themselves, generally. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something I would say to any woman wanting to run their own business is don't beat yourself up you know we're all human and I yes I have my aims and my lists and all the rest of it but that's not the whole story you know we all have bad days or we all have days where something doesn't quite go right or you don't have to beat yourself up too much obviously be professional do the best you can do and then tomorrow is another day and you know we tend to set very high standards for ourselves um, and I would say don't be your own worst critic there are plenty of other people out there that can do that for you yeah. you know and cheerlead other women in business whether they are employees your co-workers people that you can refer to you know there really is um, room for all of us and I've seen a lot of really successful women being brought down by their own self-doubt and fears and keep that private keep that to a few trusted people you know I've confided a lot to my dogs over the years <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> before my husband had to listen to all this you know or really close friends you know you don't have to make it public in the office um, just just remember uh, that you don't need to be intimidated, that we're all human and you can do it. And go for it, girl, is what I would say. I love that, go for it, girl, that's <laughs> awesome. So, okay, one last super bonus yes. question. In the last month, is there a book, a podcast, some article that you've read, anything that's just sort of you know been forwarded to you mm -hmm. that you've thought, that's really interesting, that's something worth sharing? Actually, yes. It was an article on, forgive me, I can't remember where it was published. Someone forwarded it to me. Um, and it was about the it was about the fact that all the baby boomers are retiring and Generation X, which is me, we're becoming the establishment, I guess the older ones. And then there's the, the, the millennials, but there's the mature millennial, then there's the brand new millennials coming into the workplace and the attitudes and motivations of these different groups of people. And of course it was generalizing, but being in PR, how to appeal to those different market segments. Mm -hmm. um, and I found that really interesting and not just as a marketing, but in terms of employing. I mean, and there was actually statistics. I'll give you one thing that stood out to me. So for employing a millennial, a 20 something, there's actually something more important than money and prestige and it's flexibility and control mm -hmm. and actually they put a lot of value on being able to have some autonomy and not having to necessarily always clock in at nine till five like we did back in my day which makes me sound a hundred I know but <laughs> you know but getting the work done because I mean there is remote working obviously right. um, and there is uh, we all have lives and things to juggle but actually to millennials apparently according to this data and I thought you know I've seen that and I recognize that and even in the way we market things and the language we use so so that was something that was just forwarded to me last week that I thought hmm, I need to be more aware of that in my campaigns and in my uh, employee relations right um, because you know I employ an administrator who is uh, a 
baby boomer who's just got a part-time job through to a, a new graduate and their motivations and not just where they are in their lives obviously but what motivates them their values their addiction to electronic devices right. it's all different um, so that that's something that jumped out at me I love that that's great so. Well, thank you so much Pleasure. for your time. This is amazing. I'm excited. I'm excited about, you know, again, sort of the takeaways that I have is everything from, you know, thinking about uh, the foundation of where you're going and, and building that from the beginning, knowing that it's going to be a process that you need to have resources financially available to you because mm -hmm. you're going to be having ebbs and flows of business to, you know, thinking about getting new clients and that that, again, is a process and is going to take discipline and time. Um, but that to be open and to have those human connections and to continue to do that and cultivate that practice for yourself. And that, you know, just in general, those sort of two things, the plan, the discipline, and, and being open um, to knowing that you're going to learn along the way and being a cheerleader for yourself because um, there's going to be times that things don't go as you plan and that mm -hmm. that's okay. It's fine. Yeah. And, you know, I would say as well, just think about as well a time of like it's not the time to take on a big mortgage when you're starting your right own business so do you have somebody whether that's a life partner or a flatmate that can help you cover expenses don't overcommit or overstress in other parts of your life if you possibly can certainly financially when you're starting a new business so it's thinking outside just the business think holistically about what's going on in your life both financially and in terms of your time and attention as well that's great. Okay, I love that. That's that's excellent. Thank you again. Thank you. Pleasure. Okay. All right. Okay. All right.